Blog Talk Radio. Tonight is June the 19th on a Friday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's when we plan to be here. We've taken a long hiatus over the summer and spring and maybe part of the winter, but we are back because there's lots going on and lots that needs to be talked about. And tonight's episode is titled A Carnival of Evil. That's about the only thing I can think of to describe it. There's just so much going on, and all of it is bad, bad, bad. Of course, we've heard nothing in the news now but the Charleston shooting and the church with the steel and roof character. I don't need to go into it in depth because everyone else has already covered it. The thing we need to think about is it that's is it a distraction? Is it a focal point to bring back an anti-Second Amendment agenda? I'm sure Obama and his minions will try to capitalize on that. Is it another manifestation of certain mind-controlled drugs or psychotropic drugs like SSRIs? We know this guy was on a medication. Did that have something to do with it? My observation is that something strange is going on here. If you are an assassin and you're on a mission, what you want to do is you want to go in with guns blazing, get the job done, and get the hell out of there. But no, that's not what this guy does. He comes in and he sits down, mingles with the crowd, and, you know, nice and friendly-like, and then he gets up and starts shooting, and there's a survivor or two, but apparently they say he deliberately let one survivor live to tell the tale. That's not really what an assassination is all about. I don't know if it's mind control or not, but it's kind of like he's in there, he hears the code word, he goes nuts, starts shooting, and then, well, he's out of there, but he gets caught. He doesn't have an escape plan. Evidently, this guy's a total loser. He looks like a total loser. I guess time will tell, but what we have to be vigilant about is, is this a distraction to fill the news so the news cannot carry certain stories that people don't want carried. They will use it as a diversion, and I'm sure Obama will, when it's time, bring out his anti-Second Amendment agenda once more, along with George Soros. Speaking of George Soros, I'm sure you're aware this guy is a Nazi war criminal. The question I have 
is why is George Soros not in a prison somewhere if he hadn't been properly executed a long time ago like all the other Nazi war criminals? You know what he did? Let me refresh your memory. He was a Jew who denied he was a Jew to the Nazis, worked for the Nazis to help the Nazis round up Jews and send them to the death camps. Now, if that's not a war criminal, I don't know what a war criminal is. And what was his excuse? His excuse was, well, I had to look out for myself. I had to save my own ass, never mind everyone else. If I hadn't done it, someone else would have. Now, as it so happens, I have the clip of what George Soros said. So let me play that right now. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew who mm -hmm. escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead. And one should understand and, and anticipate events. And when, when one is threatened, it was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. Yes, that's right, yes. I mean, that sounds like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Not, not at all, not at all. Maybe as a child you don't, uh, you don't see the connection, but it, was, uh, it created no, uh, no problem at all. No feeling of guilt? No. For example, that I'm Jewish, and here I am watching these people go. I could just as easily be there. I could be there. None of that? Well, of course, I could, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one for whom the thing is being taken away. But there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because that was, uh, well, actually, in a funny way, it's just like the markets, uh, that if I weren't there... Uh, of course, I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would, would, would be taking it away anyhow. And it was the, uh, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator. The property was being taken away. So the, I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Okay, so you had no sense of guilt. You have to look and plan ahead and... Get one up on everyone else. He didn't have a guilty conscience. I guess he's trying to say he was 14, so that kind of excuses it. Maybe that excuses him from the death penalty, but certainly it doesn't excuse him from a life sentence. I guarantee you he ought to be in the prison rotting away right now or dead. So what does he do? He goes and engineers all kinds of schemes and all kinds of evil around the world even now using his ill-acquired billions to do it. So there, there's an evil for you. Now, moving on, what did I list next? The presidential election. Now what's going on there? Does Hillary have a challenger? And I say Hillary because everyone knows Hillary Clinton, 
Yeah, Hillary Clinton. What a piece of work. The Clinton family is now America's crime family. I guess the Gambinos and the Mafia are pretty well put away. The FBI did a good job of getting rid of organized crime, except for the Clintons. Now we have the Clinton organized crime family. They're bogus money laundering charity. Yes, money laundering, and I know Mark Levin has agreed with me on that, although he, I haven't spoken to him personally, but I've heard him say it's money laundering. He'd love nothing better than to get sued by the Clintons for making statements like that, because then, guess what? There's discovery, and then he can deal in with all the records, take depositions, get into all kinds of neat stuff. So that's why he can sit there with his millions of radio listeners and say these things, which of course are true, and no one's going to challenge him because truth is always a defense, and a legitimate defense. Of course, who cares about what I say because this is just the Internet radio show that does not have the kind of ratings that Levin had. So now we get to the election. What do we have? We have Hillary and a bunch of bogus challengers just to make the primary situation look good. Bernie Sanders, what a joke. Now, listen to some of the things that Hillary has done. She engineered the overthrow of Gaddafi in Libya which turned the place into Islamic hellhole filled with terrorists running loose. And what did he, what did she have to say about that? We came, we saw, he died. And that's in reference to the war crimes that were committed along with this overthrow. We came, we saw, he died. <laughs> yeah, that cackling... Hillary Clinton. Oh, by the way, did you know she's brain damaged? That's right. She's brain damaged. She took a fall, hit her head, had a concussion, and she's wearing or was wearing those glasses with the prism lenses to show that she has double vision. Those little prism lenses correct the double vision. You can look at one of the slides on the slideshow on this episode, and it can show if you enlarge the picture enough that she has the prism glasses. Now listen to this voice that just kind of gets on your nerves. I am sick and tired of people who say that if you debate and you disagree with this administration, somehow you're not patriotic and we should stand up and say we are Americans and we have a right to debate and disagree with any administration. Yeah, any administration except the Clinton administration, I'm sure. What a shrill... Oh, God, I don't even know the word to describe it. And then, of course, there's Benghazi. She failed to answer the phone after all this politicking during the election about when the phone rings at night at 3 a.m., who's going to answer it, who's going to take care of business, with the implication Obama wouldn't. Well, guess what? When she was... There and Secretary of State, she didn't answer the call. She didn't defend the consulate. And what did she say about it? What difference at this point does it make? Yeah, what difference does it make? 
And then there's that pandering, that total disregard and total disrespect of certain ethnic audiences with speeches like this. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I don't believe he brought me this far. Well... I can do without that. But then, on the other hand, we've got 20 or so Republican candidates at this point. Who makes a difference? Maybe Rand Paul seems to be the only legitimate conservative, if that. But what's it going to be? It's going to be Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton. I guarantee you. That way, no matter who wins the election... Just suppose the hand-picked candidate of the Bilderbergers doesn't win. Well, the second choice will also meet the goals. So it's a win-win situation for them. It's a lose-lose situation for the electorate. Now, as for me, I will never vote for a Clinton. I will never vote for a Bush. So I will have to vote for a third party. I will vote for the Libertarian candidate. Now, what about this Bilderberg thing? Has everyone heard about this by now? That's where all the elite people meet. But I'm getting ahead of myself. There is the Clintons. What about the Clintons and their crime empire? Did you know that our former government governor here in Virginia, Bob McDonnell, and his wife took some gifts from someone who was trying to promote a product. Not gifts of the magnitude of what the Clintons are taking by any means. There's no quid pro quo that I know of. He did not do anything in return. He did not violate state law, but the feds came in, charged him with federal corruption, put him on trial. He was sentenced to two years in prison and his wife one year. That's right, two years in the big house, for taking a gift. Meanwhile, what has Hillary done? Taken huge sums. She's taken millions from foreign dictators in exchange for weapons or approval to sell weapons to them by the United States. Now, there's a quid pro quo for you. There's a crime for you. And what does she get? She gets to run for president. How do you like that? Is justice really equal around here? And the charity, the charity doesn't even qualify as a charity. It's a money laundering operation, as I've said before. The amount of money that actually goes to what would be called charitable work is just a smidgen of what comes in the door. Well, you got to give a little bit of money just to keep up appearances, but any other charity would be ruled a fraud if it operated that way. Money goes into Clinton's pockets. Money lets them jet set around on the charity's dime, on the Clinton Foundation's dime, and all tax-free. In fact, 
the amount that the charity pays is less than what the tax bite would be if they actually ran a business and took that money in as a legitimate business, which it's not. So we have the Clinton crime family, and then Chelsea Clinton is the heir apparent after Hillary runs for president. So we got we have Hillary, Jeb Bush, Chelsea Clinton, and then why not the Bush daughters? It's a dynasty. Look at the record. And Bill Clinton, the former pervert in chief, was impeached. And unfortunately, the Senate did not have the integrity to actually go out and remove him from office. And he's going out with Jeffrey Epstein to his pedophile island. It's just like the Romans. Romans, Tiberius, Roman Empire, well, the emperor Tiberius had this island out there where anything goes. He put his sex slaves out there, put the girls out there, and brought in his guests to do anything they wanted. And believe me, nothing was off limits to them. And out of sight, out of mind, he's the emperor. He could do whatever he wanted. His guests could do whatever he wanted. He's like, well, that was old times. That stuff doesn't happen now. Well, sorry to disagree, but it does there's Jeffrey Epstein in his pervert island bringing in young girls there. He's the new Tiberius, so to speak. He didn't rule over a country. He actually ruled over a financial empire, which is even more power because it's transnational. And that's where we're going with this TPP, which we're going to get into in a moment. So... Let's look at Bilderberg, because that's where this fits into play. They met in Austria this year, and yeah, it was June 11th to the 14th in the wilds of Austria, complete with a whole gang of Gestapo policing the area, millions in taxpayer expense by the Austrians to protect this den of thieves, these robber barons, as they plot who the next president will be, what the world currency market's going to do, how they're going to eliminate cash. So let's look at our guest list, the official guest list. I'm just scrolling down here. Here we have from the USA, a Vin Weber from Mercury LLC. Never heard of that one. Here's Alexandra Stubb of Finland. Wonder if you see George Soros in there. I'll just do a search right now. No. Wonder if we'll see who's the other kingpin of the world. Trying to think. Kissinger. Uh, Yeah, there we go. Henry A. Kissinger, Chairman, Kissinger Associates, Inc., USA. And he's the the king of the world. He's, He's the one who actually runs the show. Julia Jekyll from who knows where, Turkey, looking at the representation here. 
Belgium, Sweden, Canada. It's people from all over. Seems like most of these people here who are on the official list. Oh, Turkish Parliament. My goodness. Minister of Defense, Ursula von der Leyen. So it's a meeting, a confab of the most powerful people in the world, and most of them you never heard of. I didn't see Bill Gates on the list either. Maybe I should just take a look there. No, Bill Gates is not on the official list. Sometimes they go in undercover because they don't want to be seen there with this den of thieves. So they did their discussions. They might put out an official itinerary. Remember, at one point they denied they existed, but it's pretty well given fact. Now everyone knows the organization exists. Between the Bilderbergers and some of the other secret clubs, all the world's decisions are made and predetermined, including who the president should be. And they will rig it so it's going to be Hillary versus Jeb Bush. Probably Hillary, the preferred candidate. I'll tell you what, we have a caller here on the line. Let's let's take this call here and see what's going on. Okay, area code 407, what's happening? Hey, so uh, you agree with me? It's Bush against Hillary, and we I got think the that's same old same. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. And I'll tell you, I'm going to have to vote for the third party, Libertarian or Constitution. So what do you say? Well, I'm already a registered Libertarian, but I like the Constitutional Party too. I hang with those people too. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen this a long time ago from impeach King Nixon. There hasn't been any difference between the Democrats or the Republicans. They both are marching it down to the Marxists. They're both heavily socialist Marxists. One party gives validity to the other. One's more for social welfare, the other's more for corporate welfare, but they shake each other's hands and do the duty of each other, and they both despise the Constitution of the U.S. That's why they don't speak out against the income tax or against the Federal Reserve because they're bought and paid for, almost every one of them. Absolutely. Now, what do you think about this Obama trade? Well, it's like the Republicans love it, you know, because it's about, you know, Obama's just, you know, he's the president's in the middle. He just kind of like, Wigs and wags are really much difference between. Um, it's just you know, and the Republicans are all for corporate welfare, so that's corporate welfare. That's what their trade is. It's corporate welfare. Um, you know, it's worse than social welfare. Actually, you know, I think the Republicans are a bigger problem than the Democrats. Myself, because Republicans say they're for conservative views and say they're for limited government, but they never do it. You know, at least the uh, Democrats come on, and I understand a lot of people, people, especially in the colleges and university, believe in Marxism. So that's where the Democratic Party comes from. They come from the Marxist plank. But the fact of the matter is, there is no opposition to them. The Republicans say they are, but they walk right with them. Now, I've likened it to the NFL. 
where it's just one league, you have the AFC and the NFC, and no matter which team wins the Super Bowl, the result is the same, and the NFL wins. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I, I kind of like um, this for Chores book. He likened them both to gangs, you know, the Demo- the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he liked them both the gangs, and they're just gangs out for each side to build up a lot of money and pass around their gang members. So it's just a coincidence that the Republicans and Democrat colors are the same colors as the Bloods and the Crips. Merely a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, or vice versa, whatever, but I think Jesse Ventura nailed it there. I think all the books I read, you know, he kind of nails it. How he calls them, you know. It's just, uh, yeah. it's a book. So, so you mentioned Jesse Ventura. You read his books? Well, I read that book, particular book. I haven't read all his books. I mean, I'm not Did that, you, you know, I mean, I'm more into uh, stuff like, you know, I just read Jefferson and Hamilton and, um, you know, Madison and Monroe and stuff like that. I'm more into the, uh, philosophical aspects of our founding fathers than anything else. Did you ever see Jesse Ventura's TV show, Conspiracy Theory? Uh, I've seen his book on conspiracy, and I, you know, briefly, I didn't read it deeply, but read through it. And, you know, the conspiracies are always going to be among us. It still gets back to what Bonner said. It, it's up to an educated populace. Because if you don't have an educated populace, it doesn't matter. Because you know, if people don't believe in liberty on the whole, you're not going to be free. Well, what I'm saying... Hello, did we lose you? I'm here. Oh, okay. I thought, thought we lost you. Because sometimes we have communications problems. But what I'm... I'm seeing is that Hillary has enough criminal violations to put her away, and yet there's people who think nothing of actually voting for her. It's like the law doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that's the problem. You know, tell that to the Republican Party, too. I mean, look at Hester Molester who was in there for how many years? As the uh, Speaker of the House of the Republican Party, you know yeah. what I mean? He's a little voice. It's just yeah. like, you know, there isn't any perfection. That's why we, our, our founders wanted a limited government, or a limited government, but we have the most maximized government the world has ever seen. It maximizes the king that they, we, we rebelled against, it maximizes the Soviet Union, maximizes anything. We need to limit it again. It's going to be a hard battle because the Republicans and the Democrats are the same breed that are just eating people's minds to say, you need us. You need us. Bigger, bigger, bigger. Yeah. Bigger, bigger, bigger. You need us. That's what they keep repeating and that's what we're up against. It's pretty tough, tough to beat them. So, so I looked in my paper today about trade vote, and I found my Republican congressman, Scott Ridgell, voted with Obama. Because it seems like they're bound and determined to ram through this agenda, which is a secret agenda. 
it's being kept in secret. No one knows what it says, even more so than Obamacare. But from what yeah. people have said about it, it's going to be totally horrific, something way beyond in scope what anyone imagines for a trade deal. Well, you know, NAFTA and CAFTA are about the same thing. I, this may be worse than them. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, NAFTA and CAFTA did a lot bad. But, you know, it's since 1913 and the creation of the Federal Reserve and the IRS, these are both planks of the Communist Manifesto. The progressive movement put angered their planks under Wilson right into the Communist Manifesto. You know, and it's like, it's worth fighting. And, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats are both on board with it. There's very few in our, you know, we are the anti-federalists of our days. It's anti-federalists never wanted the Constitution in the first place. They wanted to stick under the Articles of Confederation and decentralization of power. We want to decentralize power and bring it back to the founders' moment again. It's going to be a tough fight, but because uh, they own the money supply and they own the media and they own uh, the government. Itself, you know, we have the best government money to buy. Well, that's one way of putting it, and certainly they've been bought and paid for many times over. Oh yeah, and you know, it's it's up to the people to get back and put them in their place. But do we have enough educated people to do this? Well, if we all get together, maybe. But most um, of the people who are going to public school systems now, which are pretty much anti-Christ school systems, and don't teach much at all. They just teach control and obey your master rather than you are sovereign, and we need to put you, the servants back in their box and under control. And well, that was another point. Yeah, that, I believe, wasn't that another plank in the Communist Manifesto to have government control over the schools? Oh, yeah, 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 it definitely was. I mean, yeah, and we're facing it straight up. You know, it's ten planks of the Communist Manifesto versus the ten planks of the uh, Anti-Federalist Bill of Rights. Because the Federalists, um, even the Anti-Federalists, the name Anti-Federalists, uh, you know, there wasn't supposed to be even a party system, but they called them anti-fellows because they didn't want to ratify their constitution. And the anti-fellows were saying, well, you guys are wrong. You're trying to, you know, put too much power. You can go back to, you know, back to a monarch. In fact, Jefferson called a monarch rat storing while he was Secretary of State. It's just, as they say, so powerful, it's a decentralization of power. Yeah. The problem is that most of the world's been under decentralization of power. And we were decentralized at one time. But 1913, we started its slow move to decentralization of power. And so we are the anti-centralists or the anti-federalists. I prefer anti-federalists. I kind of like the name. But technically, we're the anti-nationalists because the nationalists... They weren't a strong national government, but they figured, well, federal is a nicer word, so they took the word federal and gave the word anti-federal to Patrick Henry and George Mason. Well, 
uh, Hamilton and Washington kept the federal word. You know, but um, realistically, it's about centralized or decentralization of power. We want to keep our power local, not in D.C. And that's well, they're trying about. They're trying to go global now, not just federalize things, federalize the police force, federalize the local government, and like I said, federalize the state government to the point where they can determine what it's illegal for a governor to do when he's in office rather than the states. Now, then we have the Pope coming out, and he's talking about you know a global government, a global world government, and he's going into the global warming climate change scam. He's he's all in on that now. Yeah, well, they, they blow it up. I mean, the Pope's a Pope. I mean, it's been bad Pope's through history, the Pope's through history. Yeah. What, what, what it's up to is we, the people, understanding our role as individual sovereigns, standing up to those when the dangerous servants want to become our fearful masters. Because really, America is the only country in the world that had that uh, aspect where we made the government dangerous servants rather than fearful masters. We got out of the subjective rule of King George III, and we became individual sovereigns, we the people. So it's up to us to understand that and take back uh, and bring out and when we are starting to bring out, I'm actually trying to develop an app called the PSA, the People's Security App of People by the People and for the People, but it's already in play. I mean, you know, the cameras are everywhere. We need to put them on our government instead of them putting them on us. We need to watch every move that everybody from the police, police officer up to the president makes, and we need to hold them accountable. And we need to say, we're watching you work for us. You better do your job properly or get out and, of course, we need to get rid of half the government at the federal level anyways, but that's where we're at. We're in this battle that we have to take back, and we, the people, have to remain sovereign, and we have to remain the masters against our dangerous servants. And dangerous servants always want to become what? Fearful master. There's only two things the government can be, dangerous servants or fearful masters. Fortunately, in the U.S., they're only dangerous servants, but they're getting closer to fearful masters. Okay, well, you mentioned an app. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Are you a developer? Uh, actually, I'm not. I'm actually just, you know, I have uh, a couple of years on board, and I'm looking for an app developer to produce this app. But, you know, I mean, the apps are already out there, tons of apps, and, and there are things are similar to what I'm talking about, but I wanted to bring it up to the state level where it's of the people, by the people, for the people to watch over all their local and every any any government servant at the state level. And then it also, we can also have a, uh, you know, and once it gets going to the state level, because really the state's rights is most important. We need to decentralize anyway, so we move ourselves from the people in D.C., bring our power home to our own government and and simulate our own economies and our own, uh, you know, growing and food production and everything else. Because in our states, we have enough technology we can survive without the federal government. We have enough, you know, we 
need a limited state uh, federal government again like the founders wanted and move the state's rights and, you know, at the state level, which people are already doing, you've got to just watch every move any government serves next. And that's from the police officer right up to the governor. Yeah, well, maybe the school board's also a place to start. Oh, yeah, recall- oh, of course. Well, you know, the school board should be, if you, you get control of your state, there shouldn't even be a school board. You should have free market schools. You know, well, and you should have choices. Yeah, ideally. And so if that would be the state. You could start, you know, going to the school board meetings and broadcasting them and saying, you know, and, and pointing out that they're wrong and that we need to move away from Swedish education into free market education. And there is a big move. There's a big move in uh, homeschooling. There's a big move in uh, in cyber schools. And so there's a lot of move in education because the public school systems aren't working. We all know this. And, and, and they're a piece of crap because they are Marxist. Well, we got the Department of Education to thank for a lot of the crap that's going on now. And there's the Michelle Obama School Lunch Program. I just saw an article today that said that in some school system, the students spent 75% of their time in the school on an iPad. And the excuse for that was I said, well, we've got so much stuff we have to keep track of for Common Core that we need these iPads just to keep up with the bookkeeping and the federal reporting requirements. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, that is the biggest crime against individual sovereignty and states' rights and the Bill of Rights. I mean... And along with the IRS and the Federal Reserve, uh, and the war on drugs, which is the war on people. So these are, these are all things that, are, that Democrats and Republicans genuflect and worship, and we need to get rid of them. Um, it's going to be tough to get rid of them. We need good Christian people to stand up against them. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough battle. And you know, you just got to keep speaking out any way you can and say, hey, if you know somebody in public school, get your children out of public schools, you know, put them homeschool them or put them in any kind of cyber school, private school, anything that you can work with them in. Um, because you see the results of what's going on in public schools. And as part of it, they'll just find a charge for anyone like just what you do with your money now is a crime, even though there's no law. The police are just out on the highway robbing people and doing it under color of law, and there's nothing stopping them. They'll just see someone with an out-of-state tag, pull them over. There's a case where the student leaving college, he'd saved up something like $11,000. He was taking it home. He got stopped in the airport. And they took his life savings. He didn't do anything illegal. He was never charged with anything. They just took it. Lack of due process, Fifth Amendment, where they they just threw it out the door. Yeah, that's a shame. And you know, it, our 
our country, one of the biggest industries, the prison industrial complex, and the war on drugs is so harmful, it's unbelievable, but uh, it's worth fighting. Hopefully someday we'll get it put away and bring back liberty again. And uh, another good aspect goes to the National Liberty Alliance. The National Liberty Alliance is for Commonwealth grand juries that come out and oversee anybody in government and puts the power back in the people. And also fees of the Fully Informed Jury Association, where, you know, technically no human being can be caged unless 12 other human beings believe that they uh, were a criminal. So, I mean, it's it's something we need to educate the people, and we need to go there and and save people from being persecuted and caged up like animals. It's ridiculous. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like the TV cable systems now don't have a public access channel like they used to require. At one time, I think. The FCC required a public access channel where people could go on and put on their own shows, and then you could have some news coverage of the stories that the mainstream doesn't want to cover. Yeah, I remember those days. Actually, I did a couple of those back in the uh, 70s, late late 70s, early 80s. Um, but uh, when I helped put a moratorium on nuclear power in the U.S. or hasn't been any new plants built or since the early 80s because, you know, well, it's it's phase nine. I mean, nuclear, everybody knows nuclear power is not about power. It's about nuclear bombs. That's why Iran can't have one. <laughs> I mean, Iran can't have one because the only reason we made nuclear power was for bombs. You know, it wasn't atoms for peace. It was atoms for bombs all along. But uh, and it was the Price-Anderson Act and the lies that went along with it. I mean, nuclear power is a, a big farce. So, are you but for or against nuclear power as far as generating electricity? Well, I'm totally against it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And when it went into Japan and Germany went against yeah. it because Price-Anderson Act. I mean, you know, it's like. It's crazy. I mean, it's funded by the people, you know, through taxation. It's not really even profitable. It's totally unprofitable, but, you know, in fact, when they were pushing it on Westinghouse and the other corporations to do this to government, they said, if you don't do it, get in. we're going to do it ourselves. They kind of forced them. And... Um, it, you know, it's it, it, it's not very cost productive. That's for sure. And not only that, it's it's very. It, it is the height of corporate fascism. I mean, it's you know funded by the government for the government. Yeah. In fact, I could do a whole show on electric power and what's going on because, in fact, here we could get into blackouts in the next couple of years. I think by 2017, if the environmentalists have their way. Well, I'll tell you, we're getting down to our last minute here, so I thank you for your call. If you want to call in again on another right. day, I'd certainly appreciate it. But I'm right. I'm going to have to call it a day now. All right, so, later on, man. Okay, thank you for your call. 
and and with that we are out of here we are going to be back for sure 10 p.m. on Friday. See you then.